today's guest is Bernice Hunt. And I am so excited to have her on today because she is the perfect example of somebody who is living her sparked second half. Bernice reached out to me uh, and applied to be a guest on my podcast on my website. So we hadn't met. uh, And then we ended up talking for about a half an hour before I pressed record. And she's delightful. So, so wonderful. We just clicked right away. I love the color that she has painted her wall. (laughs) So we had a conversation about that. And she just looks like somebody that I would just want to come over and sit down and have a cup of coffee with and we'd be fast friends but she lives across the country not too close to me but that's the the power of the internet and who you meet and and getting to connect in this in this forum which I love but Bernice is on the program and why I was excited to have her on is that she is 70 she's turned 70 in January And she is a grandmother and a great grandmother, and she is just getting started. She is really amazing. What she's been able to accomplish in the past three years, really at the beginning of the pandemic, and we didn't even really talk about the pandemic. It clearly didn't face her at all. But uh, what we talked about was her having a pivotal shift That's kind of a double, like pivotal and shift both mean the same thing, really, a pivot in her life due to an illness that came on very suddenly that her husband had. And it made her, because he lost his ability to think clearly, uh, she thought he was having early Alzheimer's. It, it It was related to an infection that he had in his kidneys, which you don't think kidneys and brain are related, but um things travel. (laughs) So an infection can spread to other places and this one spread to his brain. So what she did was uh, become an advocate for her husband by learning what she could about brain health. And in so doing, it fascinated her so much and being a teacher in her past life, uh, she and she was kind of looking for something new and different and something that was less traditional. And she started getting exposed to internet uh, businesses. And so she took this and turned it into a business. And now she has a program teaching people about brain health. So we talk about that. And it's literally in the last like three years, she basically, her husband got sick. She started to research it. She took a course Then she decided she wanted to create an online business and she started an online business and she is not tech savvy. So incredible, an incredible story. It just goes to show you that when you're driven by a larger purpose and you're passionate about it and you're interested in it and you think it can help other people, it's amazing what you can do. So this is Bernice's story and I am excited to introduce you to her. So let's listen to the interview now. 
Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark Second Half. And I have Bernice Hunt here today. I'm so excited. She and I have been talking for almost a half an hour. (laughs) So we just met, but Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Uh, And also I love, if you're on my YouTube channel, she's got the best, most beautiful like room that she's sitting in. It's like my colors, my lamp, a, a quote behind her. So, so we really connected and she has the most amazing late in life story of finding new purpose and and really taking it to a, another level and and really helping people with um, new knowledge that she gained as a result of a hardship uh, and so she's going to tell her story welcome 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 thank you thank you for having me so yes. happy to be here Lori this yes yeah and she fits the demo uh yes she is 70. And she is a grandmother and a great grandmother. And so yes, she has a lot of uh, children and grandchildren. She has, I think you said, a great grandchild and another one on the way. So it's expanding, ever expanding family. Uh, She's a blended family. So she is married to her second husband. So we have that in common. Yes. And so Bernice, why don't you just start by sharing who you are and, you know, what's the big thing that happened to you that really set you on a whole new path in life? Okay. All right. Thanks, Gloria. Well, my name is Bernice Hunt, correct? And I am First of all, a retired school teacher. I was a public school teacher for over 30 years, working in the elementaries and the special ed elementary um, divisions of the school system. Loved every minute of it. I've always loved teaching, even when I was very, very young. And so I was like in seventh heaven, never dreamed that I would actually retire a little early. I retired at the age of 57 instead of going all the way, you know, into 60 or 65. So I retired early because actually of some health issues my mother was having. But then that, I started to see the world in a different light. And I um, saw that people were working outside of a cubicle, basically. (laughs) And they were out and about and they had their own time schedules and they could do things during the day. And I was like, what is this about? So when my mother, when I no longer needed to um, be with my mom, my mom passed away. And so um, I went back into the school system for a little while, but at subbing and things, but I had already gotten the bug for 
living outside of this the classroom. Yeah, the traditional. I see the yeah. world. I really didn't know. I went to stores when I first um, stopped um, teaching. I would go to a store and I truly thought there would be no one in the store because guess what? Everyone was at work in their little cubicles or their little offices or whatever. And I was shocked when I go into a store and the store was full of people in the middle of the day. And I'm like, where, when do these people work? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the teacher, the teacher now COVID changed a lot of that, but I think the teacher structure is, is the most traditional. I remember my sister, my parents were both teachers and my sister is a teacher and she just recently retired. But I remember her saying that it was hard when she got her period because she couldn't go to the bathroom. And it's like something that we never think of as, as like, I was always been in the corporate world. So I can go to the bathroom whenever I want. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 Um, it's crazy. I remember I went to the doctor one time and we were taking these exams. And I don't, this might, I don't want to gross people out, but she said, she was examining. He says, you're a teacher, aren't you? I'm like, uh, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> she said, you need to do Kegel exercises. You don't know how many teachers later in life have problems because they can't go to the bathroom. They're holding it all day long. And that's true. You wow. can't go whenever you want. And she says, I tell every teacher, I can tell you're a teacher because you're weak in that area. <laughs> That is so funny. Who thought yeah. this interview would go there? Exactly. <laughs> we didn't anyway, talk about that. As you can see, I digress. <laughs> I think I led you there, which, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you followed. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's so interesting. So you had this curiosity and there was something inside of you and, and, you know, you're, you're a brain person and we'll get into that. So she's like, she's into brain health. So did you know anything about like your brain was attaching to something that, that because you're curious about, it was probably like little breadcrumbs that were leading you to your future purpose. Did you, looking back, do you think about that? I, I didn't, I did not connect the dots at that time. Right. I just got, I just became passionate about wanting to make a living some kind of way um, with not being shut in and missing the world. I realized that for 20 something years, I was missing the world, you know, because I was, and then I was a good teacher, which meant I did a lot of overtime, spent a lot of time in my classroom over, you know, after the school day. So I missed a lot. And then on weekends, I was doing schoolwork and whatever. But anyway, so that, it kind of gave me a shift and I yeah, and as a not- sub, but you didn't have that connection with the students. Exactly. I so you're kind of going there into that environment, which was keeping you from the rest of the world. And yeah, and my, at, when I wanted to, so I love subbing, but, but as I got into, you know, so I decided anyway, so I did some um, network marketing and things and love that. And that's how oh, I, I did. Really- that's how I started. Oh, really? Network marketing. Yeah. yeah. It's and like, so I call really- that the, 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 um, training wheels of yes. new business owners because you yes. learn a lot I learned like, yeah. yes I learned so much and I learned the most thing I learned about it really sparked me on the way to learning how to talk to people or learning how to get closer to people because I was a very introverted very shy person which I guess is part of the reason why I love teaching I could work with kids all day all night and I guess turn into a kid and have fun with the kids and do it but get me in front of a group of adults, I would not say two words, you know, uh, <laughs> me, yeah. you think to become a principal. I go, no, because that's dealing with adults. I can't do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. But when I got into yeah. the world of network marketing, I remember telling one of my um, mentors, she was like, 
Because, you know, you go through all the people you know, right? And then you can't, you know, back. So, oh, Bernice, you need to get out and talk to people. I said, I don't do that. I don't talk to people. Well, and yeah, you feel like, well, if the ulterior motive to get them to join, but then when you do talk to them and meet them and they do join and, and they, you have that common interest in that common passion of that thing you're doing, mm-hmm. then that is a, the, the best connection to have. We just can't get past the thoughts of, uh, yeah, yeah what, what, what and we're I, doing and yeah. it's, it's kind of selling and we think that's yeah. sleazy when it's really just connecting and right. yeah. And, but what I found was that the, it was fun to get to know people, even people, if they didn't buy the product in the business or whatever, I mean, you know, I was a little, a little downer, but I started to just a little bit enjoy meeting people a little bit. I still be scared to go and approach them or start a conversation, but I would leave, leave the conversation a lot of times feeling really good, you know, making someone's day or sharing, finding something and sharing something or just a brighter, you know, that's the brain part, which I found out later that when you do acts of kindness, when you're caring or kindness to other people, it triggers hormones in your brain, the feel good feelings. And that also is healthy. It's healthy for your brain. It helps your brain be stimulated and grow and stuff. So it's a good thing. And then you get those feelings. And I like that. And so then it became the more I did it, the less intimidating it got. So I learned things in that way. And being a special ed teacher, I always had to create things for the, my students, because the two little pages they gave in the workbook were never enough to get the, you know, to get the message across. So I was always coming up with creative ideas and creative ways and fun things. And so that has helped me tremendously when I came to setting up my program and doing things. I'm, I'm very comfortable and I enjoy coming up with things for people that's and testing them out to see how they work or how they like them and things like that. So it just all kind of, it's just like, kind of like a pathway for me, you know? Yeah. So what, what did you, what made you feel like, I don't want to sit at home or not just sit at home, but like you, if you had freedom, you had your retirement, which a lot of people don't have. And so you could have just enjoyed your grandchildren, which a lot of people do. Uh, And so I think you and I share the same viewpoint as um, I want to change how people view retirement. Like I want people to never retire (laughs) because retirement says to me, slow down, like turn off, uh, not contribute. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that might just be my belief because I think, you know, people can contribute to their grandchildren, but, Mm -hmm. but there's so much more you can contribute to and your grandchildren are only available certain number of hours in the day. And often they don't even live near us. Right. Uh, and so what was it that made you want more? Well, to be perfectly honest, the first thing, the, the, the initial thing that got me on this track was because I got mad. <clears throat> I, okay. Because I, I said that I stopped teaching for a while to take care of my mom. Right. So I did that. And when I went on a leave of absence, took care of my mom. And then I went ahead and, um, retired. No, I, I went on leave absence and, um, and she passed away, I, I came, I came back to school, but when I went on the leave of absence and I had to stop, when I came, I, I went more than a year, whatever, I forgot what the, the specifics were, but when anyway, when I decided to come back, I had to come back technically as a new teacher. So I really lost my 20 something years of teaching and started at, again, as a first year teacher. Yeah, which was okay at the time, I didn't mind, but about three years after that, three or four years after that, we hit, you know, a recession and whatever. And 
the school district started laying off teachers. And so I got pink slip because in their eyes, I'd only taught less, I taught less than five years. And they were pink slipping everyone. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So um, I went to this thing or whatever, and they were saying, well, we're pink slipping everyone. You're, you know, you're gonna be fired, you're gonna be laid off, whatever. But as we can, we will put you back in, but it may take a year or two years, or you don't know how long it's gonna take. So um, that's, that's, the, that's the plan. And I was like, that's not a good plan. And so then, and then when you come back, you're not gonna be in the same school or the same thing, grade level or same anything. They're gonna give you offer your job wherever. And if you don't take it, then that's it. I'm like, get out. So I decided I'm not doing that. I was close to retirement. So I said, you know what? I'm just gonna go and retire, call it a wrap and I'll do subbing and I'll find something to do. So that's what I, that's what I did. But I was upset because um, one of the union people came to me and they said, you know what, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, you should still have a job because of all your credentials and they have openings and special, I was in, at that time I was back, I was in regular ed, they had openings in special ed and they're putting in interns that don't have the even credential in there because they say they can't find teachers. So why can't they put you in one of those classes? So I said, oh, so I went to check on that. And they said, yes, they do. And yes, they do. But no, they're not going to hire me for that position. They really have to intern because of the money. They'd have to pay me like three times more than they were paying the intern. They're trying to save money. So they didn't care that I knew how to do that and had done that for 20 something years. They're going to take someone that was still in school and didn't really know what they're doing yet. Yeah. And end up paying more mental health for children who have horrible teachers. Exactly. I mean, I like exactly. short term. I, I was ticked and, off. Yeah. I was man i said what I so you don't care about off. me and you don't care about the kids yes. you don't care about e anybody but exactly. you're right. I, was and I said i've worked all these years you get all these accommodations and all these you know certificates about how wonderful you are as a mentor teacher for four years da, 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 da. bottom line is they don't care about you i said you don't mm -hmm. care if i eat tomorrow you don't care if i have anything for my retirement you don't care about anything you mm -hmm. just care about cutting cutting your you know cutting your losses kind of thing oh i was mad so i said you know what i've worked all these years for other people to build them up and get them established and whatever they want to do. They give me all these pat on the backs or whatever, but now I'm stuck with, I need to find out how to take care of me and my family. Yeah. And if I work that hard for somebody else, dad and Abbott, I can work that hard for myself and my, my family. So I said, okay. So that I told you I was in network marketing for us. I was going with that and doing that and, um, you know, loving that. But then my husband had this episode, you know, and he, had a very traumatic episode with winding him up in the hospital um, in ICU for two weeks. And that changed even for it did a 360 to what I was already doing. I thought I was, I thought I was wild enough in my transition, but it was nothing like what was about to come because he had um, contracted sepsis through a kidney infection that he developed. And so we didn't know. I came home one day from church and he hadn't gone to church with him. He usually goes to church religiously, but he wasn't feeling well, which is unusual in itself also. So he stayed home. And so I went on. And when I came back, he was still in bed. And um, he was, I said, hello to him, greeted him or whatever. And he said something didn't make any sense. And I was like, what did you say? And he said it again. And it made, I mean, it wasn't even English. Mm. I was like, okay, let me, let me hear one more. I was like, what? And so I went up to him and touched him and he was on fire. 
I'm like, you are burning up. I said, what you need? So I went and got him some water and gave him some water. And I, I said something else to him and he said something did not make any sense. And then I turned around. I, I said, I was going to go get, um, <clears throat> get the phone because I was calling somebody. I was like, something's not right. And so we're going to call 911. And when the phone came back and he was hitting his hand like this. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to call. I'm trying to call Jake. Oh, I said, like, like his, like his palm was a phone. phone, The cell phone was the phone. His hand was the cell phone. Yeah. I'm trying to call Jake, but he's not answering. Oh, wow. Okay. Things aren't clicking. Yeah. In the brain. Yeah. I said, you don't have a, the cell phone's not in your hand. And then he looked at me and he looked at his hand and he says, it's not. I was, I was on the phone. I was like, I'm, I said, I just called 911. And he started saying, no, 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 no. And I'm like, you, you need some help. And so, no, no, no. And Aren't men like, stupid? I mean, yeah. my dad did that and he died. My dad, my mom yeah. was trying to call. And he goes, don't you call 911. Well, that's the last words that came yeah. out of his mouth. It's wow. like crazy. Yeah. So they came. I'm so glad they came and took care of him. Oh my but, gosh! And yeah. Took care of him. Took him to there. Found out in the in the emergency that um, you know, he had an infection in his kidney, kidneys, and then it had gone into his brain, which is the doctor said it was not common for it to go into your brain when you're young, but if you're older, there is a greater chance of the cestus getting up into your brain, and so that's what had happened with him, and so that was he says our first concern is his brain. And so we're going to get an ICU and we're going to do that. And then we'll handle, you know, we'll try to do it. Then we'll work on the kidney part and all of that. So that was that thing. And I just got for that period of time, I mean, in, within the next 48 hours, he was semi, okay. He would go into things like people, they let our family, they let our family come in and visit him. And he'd be talking, having a conversation with, you know, my brother, my sister or something. And all of a sudden he started talking about rabbits. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Were you worried this was going to be permanent? Well, I asked the doctor. The doctor said that if they got it out in quickly, you know. Does he remember any of that? No. Yeah. No. no, He doesn't remember any of that. And one time we were praying. Did you get it on video? Because that could be a a trending video. (laughs) I was not even on my mind. But um, yeah, and it Uh was was just. And so for those like 48 hours before really he, he got well, maybe 72 hours before really he got his head, his brain back. Mm-hmm. I just had a glimpse of what it was like to deal with someone who was physically, you know, mobile, you know, cause he, he could have fought going to that hospital, but there were like two, three paramedics that came in there, <laughs> two big guys and a, a lady. And so I don't know if he would have won, but <laughs> you know, me trying to get him somewhere, trying to do something that he did not want to do. Like when he was in the hospital, he started feeling a little better. He wanted to leave the ICU, right? And he's trying to get out the bed and I'm trying to hold him down. And the nurses are coming in because he wants to go home. You know, why am I here? And I'm going home. I'm going home. And I know you're not going home. I'm going home. And I got to see just a little bit. And I know it's nowhere near, you know, what people go through. And it was very short term. People deal with this for a lifetime. And sometimes people have, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's for 20 years, you know, it can be a long stretch. Mm -hmm. But it really, it really hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, because I was already, already become a 
um, certified wellness coach with my networking. Because when I got into the networking business, it was in Whole Foods. I wanted to know more about health. So I went and I did that. And I was, so I knew a lot about that. But yeah, I was going to ask you if it was a health related business because mine was too. And I think when you do that and, and, and I, I felt like, well, why can't I do this on my own? I mean, and, and then you kind of, what you did is you're more of a generalist of the products of the business that you're helping you narrow it down. And this was your opportunity. Uh, and it was presented to you and you grabbed it. And I love that. So what, knowing what you know now, because this is a couple of years ago, I think, right. Um, how long did it take you to say, this is something I want to learn more about. And then this is what people need. I can help them with this because I had this experience. What, what, how, what was that transition like? I mean, you had a lot, some people look at like, oh my gosh, I can't do this because first of all, they don't know enough yet, um, but they can learn. Uh, Number two, I I don't know any of the technology, have my own business. Okay. You can learn that. And number three is too old because, you know, by the time I get this figured out, I'm going to be in my seventies and, and, and. So like, what were you telling that voice in your head or was your voice in the head? Come on, you can do it, girl. <laughs> well, well, the, the, the first part of your question, immediately, I immediately, before my husband was even out of the hospital, I wanted to learn more about um, dementia and brain health. because That's what I connected it to, a broken brain. I said, I need to work. Cause I already knew that there was no medical cure kind of thing for it yet, whatever. Um, and I also knew that a lot of people had it, you know, in fact, everyone we know has someone in their family or a close friend or something that has, that goes through some type of um, decline kind of thing. Um, but I knew that I wanted to learn more about it. And if there was anything I could do to help these people, because I was like, I, I was drained from the two weeks, you know, I could not imagine even two years and definitely not 20. I could not even imagine someone going through that. And so I wanted to learn all I could. So it was just that, first of all, I just wanted to become more knowledgeable. But then about two or three weeks after Oliver got home and you know, he's doing, by the way, he's doing great. He's doing wonderfully. He's not on any uh, medications for even um, diabetes, which he had had to start that again with diabetes when he's in the hospital, but he's not on any of that, no insulin, no anything. His kidneys are now back up to 70%. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And he still has doctors. He has this whole little group of doctors. You know, the little commercial they have with the doctors following. He has a whole little group of doctors that he makes the rounds with every three to six months kind of thing, but he's always getting good reports and that kind of thing. So he's doing wonderfully well. Amen. But um, about two or three weeks after he got home and he was still recovering and, you know, he had to, it was a little length of time before he got back to himself kind of thing, I had an experience that just put, put me over the top. You know how they say um, when you're in, under a lot of stress, it triggers things in your body, okay? And so I was, during the whole episode, I was fine. I was in the hospital, you know, 24-7 kind of thing. I was bringing him things, I was staying with him, I was staying fine. I was, and I was, I was good. I didn't fall apart, whatever. But um, two or three weeks after we got him home, I'm driving down the street, going somewhere. I don't remember where I was going. All of a sudden, I don't know where I am. I'm driving and I'm looking at the landmarks, at the scenery, and I don't recognize anything. Nothing looks familiar. That is scary. Where am I? 
girl, you don't know. I'm dry. And so I was scared to stop. I didn't stop. I was scared to do anything. I just kept driving, not knowing where I was going and where I was. And it only lasted about four or five seconds. It didn't even last a long time, but I, I did not recognize. And, and then I, my brain snapped back to, and I'm like, and I was around the corner from my house. And I could have not told you how to get me to my house if you had paid me. I did not know where I, and it, it scared the gajibis out of me. I was, I was like, what just happened? And I was so scared. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my, I didn't tell anyone until I started my brain horse health courses. The first people I told were, uh, you know, a few of my clients and my the students in my class. I hadn't told, you know, I hadn't, because I did not want to hear what they might say. I didn't want to admit that something was really, really wrong. I didn't want to say that out loud. I didn't want to go to, I was scared. And so I could relate to people that when you start having you know, mental issues, some people keep it to themselves or they get in denial. They don't want anyone to know. And they think it's just going to go away, you know, kind of thing, because I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't tell anyone, but in my head, I said, I need to find out what's going on and I need to see what I can do. And that needs to happen now. And that got me into really researching the brain and it got me into a brain health um, course, online course, um, Amon's Clinic course is what I went to. And that was like a year program kind of thing. What's but, um, so interesting is I have to share this because this mm-hmm. is a, a message I got. Uh, and I always like to share when I get these uh, nudges, but you clearly have no brain problems after what you told me you've done over the past two years, uh, building your business and not knowing a thing about technology and what you do now. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And that made me think that that was almost your soul taking over and saying, here, Bernice, let me give you a taste of what it's like when yes. you lose your brain power. And, and this is what you need to do. You mm-hmm. need to feel it and mm-hmm. experience it so you can help other people. So get on it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That is like, gives me chills. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, you know, to me, it's almost like I would be afraid of starting a business. If that start, happened to me, it'd be like, well, what, what if I'm getting Alzheimer's and I can't do it, but you clearly took action right away that inspired you to take action. And so people look at these like obstacles sometimes as blockers, but just what, what are they, what, what is it meant to tell you to lead you to the next thing? And you took a course to learn more and you probably learned in the course. No, that ain't Alzheimer's. Right. That's like what you learned, what you need to learn to make you realize, yeah, this happens and it can happen. And this is what you need to know. So what are, what's one of the most important things that you can tell people about brain health? What, what I like, one of the things I like to tell people about brain health is that it is never too early, nor is it ever too late to start taking care of your brain. Mm. Some people think, oh, I don't need, you know, I, I talk to younger people and they're not having any issues. Or I talk about you know, certain warning signs kind of thing, and they don't have any of those signs. I said, great, you know, and you don't want to ever have those warning signs. And then you never want to have those warning signs. You need to check yourself and make sure that you're taking care of these things regarding your brain. And if you are having that warning sign, that's even more reason that you need to set, you need to start making sure you're taking care of your brain in those five ways. And so 
the good news is that I learned is um, I remember one doctor saying um, what she said. She said, Alzheimer's is not inevitable. It's optional. Meaning that your lifestyle practices that you undergo, you know, are have 90, 90 something percent to do with whether or not you, you know, actually get Alzheimer's. Now, now you, your brain is going to age. Aging is a part of life. You know, mm-hmm. so we all age. You can't keep your brain from aging, but or your eyes. That's yeah, my, your my, eyes. my exactly. biggest problem is my eyes. <laughs> exactly. All of your organs. I mean, you know, yeah. that, you know, that's part of life, but you do get new cells. And just like your other, other organs get new cells, your brain gets new cells too. And there's something called cognitive reserve, which is when the, you break, get your new brain cells and things. And that will take the place of the old ones dying off. But if you're not, nourishing and nurturing your brain as your new brain cells are growing which they do do they at a slower pace as you get older but they do keep growing it says 90 it says 50 percent of them will die if they don't get nurtured not nourished because i mean they do need to be nourished but nurtured Mm -hmm. so if you have your old brain cells dying because they're old yeah. And 50% of your new ones dying because they're not getting nurtured. Right. You're going to have some issues. Apparently. Yeah. And Netflix is not nurturing your brain, right? <laughs> no. And social media is not nurturing unless you have a business and you're using it for your then business. You have, yes. Yeah. So Sudoku and puzzles and, you know, I'm not a big puzzle person, but, but I learned something every day in my business. So yeah. 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 And yeah. And that's one of the things there's five things. And I don't know if you want me to talk about it yet, but there's sure. Because I think, um, yeah, yeah. Let's zip through them real quickly. I, I definitely want to put a link to where they can find you and, and maybe take your, cause you do a webinar, you said, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love, she has an acronym that tells you what the five things are. And I love, I'm a word person. So I love it when somebody has acronyms that help you remember what the five things are. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. So yeah, my acronym is NEEDS. I I said five keys to brain health is what every brain needs. So they need nutrition. You need exercise. You need engagement. You need de-stressing and you need sleep. So the word needs, N-E-E-D-S. That's is so what every important. brain needs. Yes. Yes. And if you address those issues on a regular basis, then you will be nurturing and nourishing your brain. Yeah. And like with me, I was pretty good in a couple of those areas, but I my main thing that I needed to work on was de-stressing. Mm-hmm. Because if yeah. you're the type of person, which I was the kind of person that go, 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 get it done, get it done. I would stay to all hours of the night to finish something. If I started something, I didn't fin- I didn't stop until I finished it. You know, I don't care how long it took. I don't care if I ate, slept, it didn't matter. Get her done. You know, I was a perfectionist in the in a certain sense, and that if I it had to be like this, my my husband would get on me. What are you doing? You have to be perfect. I said, no, that to be perfect. I just fixed this. I just need to fix that. I told you about the green in the walls. He had to get the right shade. Yeah. 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 It's like a sage <laughs> color for yeah. those. Of you. It's not a lime yeah. green. It's a sage yeah. green. Yeah. You have to get my, the right. my mother-in-law has lime green wall in her house. So yes, it's your, yeah. your kids and your school children would have liked that. So yeah. 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 And so I would suspect that when you had your brain fart, that that was a good example of what happens if you're really stressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you need to take some time for yourself. You need 
and the the engagement thing was another thing that I was low in. But de-stressing, relaxing time, some intentional times that you relax, that you turn off your brain, that you turn off, you know, you relax your body, your your limbs and stuff. You stretch your things out. You see, like a cat. You, you might say of a cat. You know, when the cat sometimes you see the cat, they're just stretching all these parts of their body and they're just you know moving and they're just you know massaging themselves you know you need those kinds of things and if you don't ever do that you're always in a low grade stressing situation which is that fight or flight fight or flight syndrome which promotes inflammation okay yeah. And yeah, so that cause you problems. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw there. I'm getting this like uh, ad in my feed on social media of this local business that is a stretching lab that just opened up. So instead of going to work out, you go and stretch, get stretched. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a really cool concept. We also have a floating an aqua float. Have you ever done a float? That yeah, was so wow. cool. So cool. I've heard yeah. of that. So I haven't done it. But yeah, there's actually five. In, in terms of exercise, when we get into exercises, there's five types of exercises, exercising types that you should do. And most of us people do one or two or whatever, but you need to do the stretching and you need to do the balancing. Oh yeah. Especially as you get older, you don't do that. You need to do, of course, the, the cardio. You have to do that. You need to do the strength training. You know, some people, yeah. As they get, you always hear people talk about what they used to do. I used to lift weights. I, used I know to do I this. need to do more of that because my, my skin is getting really saggy and I'm like, Indeed. I haven't done any weights for probably like six weeks. I'm walking my dog every day, but yeah. that's not enough. You know, that's it's not, not yeah, it's not, that's good, but there's five. I've lost years. my grandma guns. Yeah. I've lost my grandma. They're shrunk. <laughs> they're little, yeah. they're little BBs now. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you need to go say the other the fifth area is the coordination exercises, yeah. which a lot of people, as you get older, you don't do the eye hand type of thing, you know, that you don't do. So yeah, so there's things, and if you do all those things, you're 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 helping your brain, yeah. shifting your brain. So it's pretty. And so I, there's I things just, within the things. There's like mm-hmm. the five things, and then there's the things within the things. Yeah, it's interesting because you know when you talk about brain health and you talk about nutrition. One of the things that I've learned a lot about is the toxicity that's in not only our food, mm-hmm. um, the, but, but it's in the, the products we use that really affect our brain. Like the dryer sheets. I don't even use dryer sheets anymore. My husband still uses them. But, um, and, and I just got this email for this clean laundry detergent that I want to try. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really trying to minimize the toxicity in our environment. Right. I have a brand new filter, a Berkey filter hmm. that, you know, I, I, there's the Brita filters, but those are, you know, kind of like, I mean, they work, they're better than getting it out of the sink, but it's, it's a really nice aluminum. Wow. Um, yeah. I heard about it from a guy and it was funny. My massage therapist had told me about this new water filter she had. And, and I, she was like, Oh, taste the water. I was like, Oh, that's good. And then like, Six months later, I hear about this through somebody else. And oh, I'm wow. like, and then I went and got a massage and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the filter. So yeah, I'm like, I must be meant to have it. But yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that's all in in, in, the, in my de-stress te- section, de-stress and detoxing go together because of, because being toxic is causing stress for your body. So I, I put that with your de-stressing, but we have this whole section on toxicity we have this old question on 
house care, household products, personal care products, cosmetics, all those kind of things, going green, going clean, giving them options, showing them how to use, how to swap out, you know, air fresheners and swap out the usual things we use to clean, you know, our kitchens with their bathrooms, whatever, for more, you know, um, non-toxic, healthy options, which are there. We just don't know about just because we grew up in the era where they were producing all these commercial products. And so we think that's how you do it because we've never had that because our parents jumped on it because it was more convenient. Exactly. And so we never, they never taught us the old fashioned way of doing how you, you, you can do just as well doing yeah. it this way. So we don't even, we're not even privy to that unless we go and we investigate it. I remember yeah. the first time I made homemade cranberry sauce. I grew up every Thanksgiving getting the canned jelly yes. sauce. I never even knew that you could make it. And it was so easy. Yes. I make almond milk now. Do you know yes. how easy it is to make it almond so, milk? Yeah. It is yeah. so easy, but we never even have experienced it because it was more convenient for our parents just to buy it at the store. So that's what we naturally did. Yeah. We need to go, what I call back to the future. A lot yeah. of things that we do, we have to go back. Yeah. First, for yeah. all, because of yeah. the toxic, toxic yeah. reasons, you know, mm -hmm. the unhealthy reasons, we need to go back and do it that way. Yeah. Why is cancer so prevalent now? And it wasn't so much a big thing before. There's, there's things in our environment that have changed. So yeah, as we wrap up, I, I do want to touch on this because we talked about it before we hit record, but, um, you have changed so much in your life. You've done so much in the last two years from being in a place where, you know, you, you thought your husband had a, a brain injury or, you know, could have Alzheimer's. You thought you could have Alzheimer's. And then you took this, you made it your mission to first of all, find out and get trained and learn about you know, how you could prevent this for you. And then you thought, oh my gosh, I can help other people because I've learned this stuff. And you didn't know anything about technology. You didn't know anything really about having your own business because you're doing a network marketing thing, uh, which really isn't your own business, even though they tell you. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, I tell people, I feel like I learn in dog years. Like I, I have advanced in dog years and, and since I have started like my own business, since I've been sparked about something and I've found passion in doing something that um, was bigger than me and, and had a real purpose behind it. And so because this is called Living Your Spark Second Half, and I think you're a perfect example of that, I would love for you to share in closing what you've learned about yourself and how it has really in the doing because you, you you I'm sure you have this big goal for your business and you started without that having manifested in your life yet you had to do the learning first you had to do the training first you're still learning technology I know because it's changing every day so like what keeps you going is I mean how are how are you sparked in this doing of reaching what I'm sure is a longer term goal right right I'm thinking as you as you're talking, and that's there's there's three things that I really you know have as my mantras actually. Um, one is feel the fear and do it anyway. 
I mean, there was so much about technology that I did not know, did not even really want to know, did not want to get in front of cameras, did not want to, you know, meet people, did not want to figure out this new finagle way. Why can't we just do what we always did? There's, you know, kinds of things. And, you know, you think you're, like you said, too old. I'm not going to remember it. I'm not going to get it. I just, you know, whatever. This isn't me, you know, kind of thing. All what these, will they think of me? Yes. Yeah, and people have you know, like yeah. they like they say, you know, you have to, like the TikTok thing, you have to do all the, you know, and I'm like, that's not, I'm not, gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, you know. What's all of her going to say? <laughs> yeah, and so they're not going to be turned on to me. They're not going to want to listen to me because I'm not doing all the flashy. I'm not what I do, you know, but anyway, the, like the passion that's in you, if you find something that you really, really want to do and you have, think you have something to say, something to impart to someone, some way to help, which I've always been the type of person that wanted to help people. If I saw something to see if I could do anything that would help them, I wanted to be that person. You know, I love to read. I love to learn new things. I love to share. So those are my strengths. And the fear of learning how to talk on camera, learning how to work the internet platforms and all that kind of stuff, learning, you know, I love to go to school. So I, I learned, I love the part about learning about brain health kind of thing, but you know, I could have very easily kept it to myself, you know, me for my four and no more, whatever. But no, I wanted, the more I learned, the more I wanted to share with people. So I said, I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. That was one. Yeah, because you're, you're, what you know can change lives. Yes. And you feel like you can't not share it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And not be afraid about the outcome and not get so sensitive that I'm, I'm not going to do it because I'm scared they're not going to like me or I'm scared they're not going to want to do it. Or I'm scared they're going to not think I know what I'm talking about. That is really a selfish attitude. And I really have to look at myself. Why don't you want to? Is it all about you? Yeah. You need to be seen as whoever and everyone has to like you or everyone has to agree with you and everyone has to No, everyone has their own right to their own opinion, a right to do what they want to do their own life. We're all grown. You know, I'm just sharing and, you know, you can take it or you can leave it. That, yeah. that really should not affect what I'm yeah. doing. I believe what I'm doing is valuable. Yeah. Somebody's going to not like your green wall. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they won't even get to the like, five. My son tells me all the time, why is every room in this house green? I, you know. <laughs> but then there's me and I love it. So. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, you have to do it anyway, do what you think, you know, is right. And even if it's fearful purpose to do it anyway, the other thing is done is better than perfect. Yes. You say you're going to do something. It doesn't have to be perfect. They said, uh, they used to tell me, what did they say? Um, you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. And you can't say the right thing to the wrong people. Yeah. You know, so you might flub it up how you say it, but if what you say it is beneficial or worthwhile in its core, it's going to be received yeah. by the person that it was supposed that was supposed to hear it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. The other know, thing I like about perfection, when you think about doing it perfect, you, you don't, you learn more when you don't do it perfect. That's what I've figured out. That's kind of like how I got over my perfectionism is like, well, I'll probably learn more if I do it do and, it. and <laughs> maybe do, do make some mistakes. And then I'll be like, okay, don't do that again. Don't do that. So, don't do that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And that's, and the other thing is that 
there, there are people out there that will help you. You know, people will help you. You don't know everything, but you don't have to know everything. You know, you just trust that God's going to direct you to the people that you need to be directed to. They're out there and that you, I'm surprised at how, how um, willing they are to help, to assist you. Yeah. You know? yes. I mean, some of you, you know, some people you do need to pay because they're doing a service and they need to live. So, but other people do it for whatever they do it for free or for pay, you know, or some people do a combination of both. Like I do a combination of both, you know, but um, there are people out there that will help you, you know? So, so if there's something you need, and I don't care what age you are. In fact, to me, being on the second half is even, is so exciting to me because I have control over my time. You know, I don't have, I'm, I don't have the responsibility of raising the children, you know, whatever. I can still play with my grandchildren. I can still go and see them when I want, but I'm not, you know, bogged down or whatever. Not that my kids were not a joy because they were, but, you know, there's so many opportunities out there now, so many things I can do. And if you keep good care of your brain, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, because they, those kids need you and your inspiration in their life. Yes. And they need to know what is possible for them, I think is, is so yes, powerful. Yes, they're watching you. And I tell yeah. my, my clients all the time, I said, you know what? They're telling me, you know, they have, you know, reasons why they can't do this or can't do that, especially when it comes to their me time and relax and all that kind of stuff, you know? And I said, you know what? I understand that. They're doing so much for their kids. Da, da, da. I understand all that. But guess what? If you lose your brain or if your brain just gets depacitated some kind of way, then instead of helping your children, you're going to become a burden to your children. Yes. And how and is that really what you want in your later years to become for your children? Yeah. Oh, so if yep. you love them, you will take care of you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I can, I, that really resonates with me because my mom, she used to always say, I don't want to be a burden but that's what she became. And it's all because she didn't take care of her brain. She checked out when my dad died and she now lays in a bed and doesn't care about anybody and seeing anybody. And she didn't, you know, she didn't do any of those five things that you talked about. And, and, you know, so it, part of part of it, she, she had an eating disorder most mm -hmm. of her life. So people with eating disorders, you know, they, they, their brains really suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In multiple ways. And so, yeah, it's so true. So to take care of your brain, so you don't become a burden is a really great message for the young people who are listening mm -hmm. as, as well as the older people, because mm -hmm. it starts, it, you gotta, you gotta start, but, it, but I guess one thing too, to, to, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong or not is, is it, it's, you said it's never too late to take care of your brain, right? There's a lot of things you can reverse if you've not been doing the best mm -hmm. for your mm -hmm. brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can write and a lot of things. I mean, everyone's, you know, you're going to have some type of aging in your brain, some kind of mental decline, but you have to make little adjustments like, you know, writing things down sometimes or, or, you know, going slower or not doing as much. And that's just part of aging too. But if you, uh, with a lot of people, you'll get a certain amount of decline. You'll notice differences that you can still handle and still be independent and still be functioning and creative. And it'll stay right there. It'll plateau and it won't get worse. But if you're not taking care of your brain, it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you notice yeah. some things, that's fine. So now start taking care of your brain. So it doesn't get, it stays at that level. And in like, they said like in 
um, one in five people that get what they can diagnose as mental cognitive dec um, decline as, as a diagnosis before like pre-Alzheimer's type of thing, one in five people in the next year, it's going to decline if they do nothing. Mm, wow. Other people, it's not going to go that rapidly, but in one out of five, but I said, I don't want anyone I know to be the one out of the five. One out of five is not only 20%, but do you want someone, you know, to be that one out of five? No, no. I don't want anybody to be that one. Out yeah. Of because five. I, you know, the thing is, is when you lose your brain, you lose who you are. Yeah. And, and, and I, my mother, I, I forget what she was for most of my life because she's been like this for really since probably almost 15 years, she's been like this. And so now what do I remember is her laying in the bed disconnected from everything. That's what the, the picture that comes to mind instead of my best friend that I told everything to when I was growing up. It's hard to remember that. And we don't have videos anymore. Like, I mean, it's old videos, not like you can get today. When I die, my kids are going to be like, you know, probably seeing me on social media and memories for forever for the rest of their life. <laughs> you know, they won't forget me. Yeah. But anyway, one of my grandsons are a uh, uh, top uh, subscriber on my YouTube channel. He's always making comments. Hey, grandma. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, I saw your last video. It was good. I watched the whole thing. One day he'll be working for you. So, yes. all right. Well, thanks so much for being here. It was a delightful conversation. I always try to keep these shorter than the, this one ended up being. But when you have a lot to talk about and share, uh, it's too good to stop. So you're qualified as that. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will put all the information on how to get in touch with you okay. and how to get to your webinar in the show notes. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank all right. you so much for having me, Lori. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.